Welcome to Discovering Africa Through Technology, the podcast series that showcases the brilliance of Africa's great minds, innovators, and experts as they tackle complex challenges with homegrown solutions driven by knowledge, technology, and innovation. Our podcast is inspired by the African Union Agenda 2063 Aspiration 7, which seeks to rebrand Africa and change negative narratives and perspectives through science, technology, and innovation. We believe that Africa has the power to solve its own development challenges and become a strong, united, resilient, peaceful and influential global player and partner. Join us as we explore the transformative potential of technology in Africa with your host Razia Kulatein Mwanga and learn from the experts driving change on the African continent. And apart from just having African experts, we also invite foreign experts who have worked and are working in the African continent to share their experience. Join us today as we talk to venture capitalist experts. Welcome to the program, Mark, Cindy, and Lionel. They own their own venture capital business and they have worked in different capacities to build that ecosystem. And also today we are also privileged Someone also who also works in the business and has his own business, who is also a leader of Kulea, a Pan-African business angel network that focuses on investing in early stage startups and growing small and medium enterprises. And also he's a dream venture capital alumni. Cindy is currently the co-founder of Dream VC, an investor accelerator focused on training and fostering collaboration between the next generation of African-focused investors globally. Cindy is a former startup operator and entrepreneur, an expert in leading product strategies for multiple venture-backed women-led consumer and e-commerce startups in the United States of America and Southeast Asia, and grown their annual revenues to seven figures. The companies she has worked for have gone to raise over $30,000 million from firms like General Catalyst, A16Z, GGV Capital, and Founders Fund. She then decided to cut her teeth in venture capital at different global funds. Together with Cindy, we have his also co-founder Mark, Dream VC, investor accelerator and community-driven educational platform for Africa. Dream VC provides rigorous programs helping entrepreneurs and professionals across the African continent and interested foreigners to break into the African venture capital industry. And also outside the Dream Venture Capital, Mark is a fund advisor for early stage venture capitalists and is also a board advisor for eight early stage startups. He is an award-winning African startup mentor with Founder Institute, Seed Starters, and Village Capital, having helped startups raise up to $15 million. And together with them, we have an African in the house, Lionel Ray, who calls himself profoundly Afro-optimistic. He leads Kulea, a Pan-African business angel network that focuses on investing in early stage startups and growing small and medium enterprises. He is a dream alumni and has an executive 
MBA from the Manchester University. Lionel is passionate about supporting entrepreneurs scaling up into competitive and profitable businesses. He has a solid track record in delivering capacity building workshops on various entrepreneurial related topics to innovation hubs, startups, small and medium scale enterprises in growth strategy, operations, efficiency, and financial modeling. He is also a consultant for multiple international organizations and government agencies plus private organizations investing in Africa readiness programs to foster youth employment in Africa. People just talk about venture capital. What is it and how does it work? So venture capital is a unique type of financing that specifically targets very quickly growing early stage businesses that are not yet profitable and that need additional financing for growth or for expansion. It specifically addresses a need in financing where banks and more traditional sources of funding are not able to provide loans or funding because the target businesses are too early, too risky, or have no precedent. For these businesses that work in innovative industries, their source of capital is often high-risk investors, and those high-risk investors, when they are professionals, are called venture capital. High risk, no precedence, and where traditional funding is not available. So what are your thoughts? What can you add on this, Cindy? Well, something that's really important to know as well is that the venture capital model is not necessarily a model that fits all kinds of businesses. The VC model is one which encourages businesses to grow at all costs, uh, again, because of the popularity of venture capital and how most of the big established brands, especially westernized ones such as Uber, Airbnb, etc., have been venture backed. It gives this impression to a lot of people that venture capital is a high risk specific kind of financing model that could work as long as you're starting any kind of business. But that's not necessarily the case. As Mark mentioned for venture capital, oftentimes as an investor, you are investing in a very risky early stage asset in which this is not like a bank loan, right? Where you are tangibly collecting interest rates or perhaps getting profit or revenue share from it. You're holding a share of the company that is stuck in this company, doesn't translate to actual tangible hard cash on the table in a lot of times, unless there's an opportunity for you to do what we call as in investing an exit. This could be if the company goes public or if there is an acquisition of shares within a company. But going back to this point, inherently when Mark mentioned that venture capital plugs into a risky space, it is an extremely risky space. When you talk about startups, nine in 10 startups fail, which then begs the question, why do venture capitalists invest in an area in which so many companies are doomed to fail anyways? Well, the way that this industry works is that, let's say you invest in 10 startups and nine of those companies, ultimately because of various reasons, don't work out. Maybe one of those 10 companies is that Uber, is that Airbnb, is that big 
super return, amazing global company that is a household name. And whatever money you make from that one company that does extremely well makes up for all of the other companies that have failed in your portfolio. Um, Lionel, maybe you can add in on perhaps whatever Mark and I might have missed. It's also important to, uh, to remind people that the funds that have been raised within a, a VC uh, is a fund raised from investors. So um, to provide funding to early stage company uh, and high growth potential companies, I, as you mentioned. So the goal of the VC is definitely to generate a return on investment for those investors. Uh, so it, I think it's also important to, to remind to those who want to uh, to venture into this industry that uh, the first um, the first activity that you have to do is to raise capital yourself uh, from uh, from those investors uh, which are called um, 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 LPs. So this is important to re to to repeat to those people. And also, you talk about the exit, which is something that people have to um, to keep in mind when you venture into this industry. You have to think about the exit uh, when you start doing it. Everywhere you go, there are the startup, there are accelerators, there are hubs, there are everybody is trying to get into this business. So my next question is, uh, imagine uh, all the factors that you have raised that are uh, working in this business, but still people, uh, as much as you said it is risky and it is early, you are investing in something that uh, has potential for growth and also it is a, a green area that is not known. So I would just like to know, what is uh, is there a, an ideal capital for starting this business? I think most of the most of the VCs that I've heard of, uh, they start with at least uh, a minimum of between five and ten million USD. Uh, but then you have you have a lot of other vehicles that require uh, less uh, investment, and also depending on the area, the geography where you want to invest in, the kind of businesses you want to invest in, uh, there are some tickets that are more suitable for those uh, geographies and, and sectors. Sure. I think it's important to note the difference for some of those listening into the podcast that we have angel investors who are investing their own money and who have more liberty in choosing where they want to invest opportunistically. And then we have venture capital funds, like the ones we've all talked about, which are specific financial uh, institutes that are set up to manage the funds of these limited partners that Lionel alluded to, and then deploy those funds on their behalf and high-risky ventures, as uh, Cindy alluded to. Technically, there's no minimum on the angel investment and there's no minimum on the venture capital fund, but the economics of the two works out differently. For angel investors, quite often they're investing their own money from disposable savings or from part of their income. So the amount they can invest is dependent upon the amount they can actually access via other earnings. The vast majority of angel investors 
are not full-time angel investors. They are investing on the side of having another job or another activity. The vast majority of venture capitalists, in contrast, are full-time venture capitalists. So for them, they need to also pay themselves a salary. And for the economics to work out, they often need to manage a much larger amount of money because the way that they are making money up until the point when they sell their positions is they take a very small management fee every year based on the amount of money that they manage to essentially cover their day-to-day expenses. This management fee must be large enough to cover a salary. And so on average, a venture capital fund can be anywhere from 10 to 10,000 times larger than what an angel investor might have to invest. Some venture capital funds reach capitalizations of over $1 billion, while most angels will be investing somewhere around 10,000, 100,000, or sometimes millions of dollars. You have also worked as, you've worked as startup founders. You've helped to raise funding for startups. I would just like to know, what motivated you to, to start that? Dream VC is actually not a venture capital fund. We don't have an investment vehicle. So we actually train people that are aspiring or current investors. So these could be people that would go on to work in a venture capital firm, or they would start venture capital firms themselves if they have the network resources and the capital. Uh, I think in both of our cases, we have worked to some capacity organizations that have deployed capital. So I have worked for numerous venture capital funds myself. I will speak on this first before I then touch on sort of general challenges when it comes to raising a venture capital fund, which oftentimes is much less glamorous, I think, than it seems on the surface. So for me, what really attracted me about working on the investor side was obviously just the impression, first of all, you know, working as a founder, it was this sort of mysterious other side of the table where these guys were giving us millions of dollars to help us do what we do and give us the runway to grow and keep operating our company. And that was the curiosity that started it all. And as I started to learn more, I thought that this was such a rare opportunity to wear lots of different hats beyond the cutting edge of innovation, as well as you know, being able to be part of this journey in which you can work next to incredibly smart people, building really, really important solutions for big problems that all of us face and being able to know that you are a critical part of that. And so I think for me, having come from a background where I always liked to do a lot of different things and travel around and also being able to learn about a lot of different types of industries, this was a really rare opportunity to do so. And also being able to see a very so rare behind the scenes, right, in some ways. But I think it's really important to stress that at the end of the day, even if someone is familiar with venture capital, right, it's not a glamorous industry whatsoever. Again, like Lionel and Mark have mentioned, the money that a lot of VCs manage are not their own. So unlike an angel investor in which this is your own tangible cash that you've made, this is money that you are managing on behalf of other institutions or sometimes individuals who expect that they give you this amount of money and you will give them back 10x, 5x, 20x, depends on how big your fund size is. 
that's a lot of pressure, right? Because you are essentially the middleman in between founders are really building the hard things and the really wealthy individuals are then giving you this capital. And above that as well, especially if you're looking at African venture capital, most funds are relatively small compared to perhaps more capitalized or established markets such as the US and Europe. And what that means is that with a smaller fund size, the management fees, which is essentially a certain percentage of whatever amount of funds you're managing that is given to you per year as a VC fund manager to manage these fees is quite small. And that means that if you are coming from an industry, which is you know, a one where you have a pretty substantial salary, for example, banking or consulting or engineering, then you are basically asking yourself to take on a role in which you are doing 10x more work with much more responsibility and stress, but making far less. Um, and this is unfortunately the unglamorized side of VC that many people have to know. And at the end of the day, yes, this is an industry in which you can come in and have the possibility of getting substantial returns, the big you know, knock out of the park kind of returns that people hear about. But it is also not the main career path you want to pursue if your main goal is just to make money. Just like how you shouldn't pursue entrepreneurship with the idea that you want to be in this to make a ton of money. There are far more, I guess, easy career paths to really live that kind of lifestyle and have that kind of salary if you really wish to pursue it. Uh, I think that's my two cents. First, the most important thing to, is to let people know this is not the, the most uh, glamorous industry. Um, however, what, what brings me uh, to focus more on angel investing, especially to work on a more Pan-African uh, network, is that uh, I, I, I've worked for another angel network that was focusing solely on a country, which is Cote d'Ivoire. And uh, I think um, it was quite difficult for me to, uh, to get in local investors this is one of the the, the main challenges uh, within the industry as well in Africa is that we don't have, depending on the region again, uh, we don't have enough local investors. So the one of the solutions for me was to connect market as well as to connect investors uh, within the same network. So that's that's why. Uh, through Kulea right now, I'm more focusing on getting investors in Cote d'Ivoire, in Tanzania, in Ghana, in Benin, so I can also connect those investors to deals from those different regions. And I think this is a solution uh, for for the lack for the lack of uh, local investors. This is a much better value proposition that you can offer the local investors. Uh, so this is how I will answer your your first question, uh, uh, Razia, which was uh, why I get get into VC through angel angel uh, angel investor. Thank you very much. This is very fascinating because when I hear about venture capitalists and uh, all this business, when somebody looks at it you will think there is a lot of money to be made and there are so many opportunities. Why do you 
want to invest in African investors? I think for us, what we realized was that there were a lot of organizations that were already working intensely to support startups all across the continent in getting investment ready. A large aspect of building up a sufficiently strong private sector in any economy is making sure there is enough support for new businesses to be set up, to be launched, and to operate for the first few years. The problem is that many people forget that the next step of a successful private sector is making sure there is enough financing to support the growth of these new businesses. There's been more than 12 different policies and new laws and acts that have been passed over the last 10 years, specifically making it easier for small businesses and startups to be launched and set up with more regulatory guidance all across the continent. And now there are more than 1,200 different organizations like incubators and accelerators trying to help startups in all 54 African countries get set up. Unfortunately, the number of investors hasn't grown as fast as the number of individuals supporting startups. And what that means is the vast majority of these startups that go through support programs still at the end of the day will face a funding crunch, a lack of liquidity that cannot be solved always, at least not at a local level, and sometimes will mean that they need to immediately start competing on a global level for the attention of international investors. Now, in our belief, it's much more important that local investors who understand the ecosystem, who understand the nuanced problems and challenges of operating in a particular market, can use that expertise first and get a early advantage finding and investing in local deals those startups start to seek global attention. So what we're doing is essentially we're enabling and supporting the capacity building of many new individuals who will go out to launch investment firms or investment capacity firms, angel networks, VC funds, accelerators of their own, and actually put money in locally into these startups that they benefit and hopefully this keeps more money working in the domestic economy, not necessarily always flowing out of Africa. So what are some of the things that you've noticed that either we go wrong, we do not understand and why we are where we are? What are the problems that you see with our African uh, venture capital investors? What do we need to build on to be competitive and stand out so that you can get enough capital internally and externally to grow the businesses and opportunities in Africa? The three challenges that, uh, that I think are quite, are quite persistent within, within the, the African uh, ecosystem. Uh, we have a lack of local investors, and I think, um, except the, the big four, which are like Nigeria, Kenya, Egypt and, and South Africa, where the uh, the investors ecosystem are, are quite developed and, and, and vibrant, uh, we, we still have to do a lot of work uh, to get invest local investors in, interested in, uh, into into uh, into the VC um, into VC investment. So that does come with, I guess, uh, advocacy work and. Also, more success stories in, in Cote d'Ivoire, for instance, things are starting to, to change. Uh, for, for example, last year we had 
quite quite few uh, very interesting fundraise from from tech uh, tech startups. Uh, for example, we have Enka, uh, which is uh, an e-commerce platform that raised, I think, six point two million. We have uh, Julia, which is a fintech that raised uh, five million. So, with the help of those success stories, uh, more and more investors are trying are looking into into VC as well. Uh, the second challenge I would say will be the uh, the lack of uh, conducive policies for uh, for investment. Um, for example, right now it, it's quite difficult to repatriate to repatriate the return on investment when you're an investor from outside of the country. It's quite difficult to repatriate your money. So we need more conducive uh, policies. Uh, for investment, and finally, I will also say it, um, that the industry is quite competitive. Uh, if if you are looking solely within the VC funds, there there are growing numbers of local VCs, but also international VC uh, VCs that are looking into the, the African market. Uh, so the industry is quite competitive, and this. This is a challenge for every new managers, especially to raise funds from uh, from institution. is quite difficult because of the the, the competition within the industry. So th those are the three challenges within the, the African ecosystem, depending on the country of obviously. How are the statistics looking at and in terms of success? Where do women feature in African women capital ventures? In terms of success, where do women feature in African women capital ventures? I think it's the big elephant in the room <laughs> that everyone acknowledges but doesn't talk a lot about. Up to this date, if we're just talking about women-led ventures, I believe from the big deal, um, Africa, they had a really interesting t statistic. I think all female-led teams, including I guess, some of the mixed ones, raise less than 1% of all of the venture capital financing across the continent. This is due to a range of different issues, I think, not just because of the fact that capital is oftentimes not necessarily allocated towards female founders, but also due to the fact that in some cases, not all of the businesses that perhaps female founders are building are always a perfect fit for venture capital as well. If we're talking more on the investor side, it's a similar issue. I think Adesua, who is the general partner of Arua Capital Management Partners, it's a gender lens fund, had a really interesting post sometime last year. Again, the statistics of this might be a little bit different now in which she was taking a look at the amount of fund managers that were African-focused and to an extent African-based. And I believe out of all the female fund managers, only three of them were homegrown African women who were solo GPs and managing a venture capital fund, which is of course a very shocking number when you look at the total number of venture capital funds there are across the continent. 
However, I do think that there is optimism still, despite these bleak numbers. This is the final frontier of venture capital in some ways, in the sense that the African continent across all the ecosystems is the last ecosystem set to really discover VC compared to everywhere else, which means that there is a opportunity to really change and shape the culture of venture capital, the fundamental operations within here, to fit a perhaps more African context or to perhaps, you know, close the gap a bit when you're talking about the gender gap in both the investment and the founder side. How can we use this experience? Because like what the Dream VC is doing, he's trying to, it's an accelerator for venture capitalists where you train them and equip them so that they have enough capacity and knowledge to go out there and source funding for African initiatives, ideal where funding is enough, where we fund local programs. How can we do that? How can we use VC to rebrand Africa to fund its own people and fund its own development? I mean, I think in a broader sense, um, I'll group it into three buckets, right? One is cultural perception or perhaps social perception and second is more economic development. I think the first one is undervalued in the sense that whether you are a homegrown African person or you're the diaspora or you're a person of color, you cannot be what you cannot see or in terms of example. And the exciting thing about venture capital is that it enables a lot of companies to survive that critical first step in which many companies fail because they cannot get capital, they can't go to a bank and ask for a loan, they can't perhaps crowdfund for it, et cetera. And this is a critical gap that VC plugs in, which enables these businesses to grow. A lot of times African-led, African-focused businesses to grow to the big companies that we know today, such as, for example, Paystack, Flutterwave, and Della, a lot of these huge companies, right? And I think for, especially African youth, if you look at the sheer amount of population within the continent that are going to be 30 and below, they are looking at these companies and they now know that there are African-led companies that are focused on the continent built by their own people that they can use that have a tangible impact on the community that uplifts the people around it and changes the perception that perhaps people external to the continent have that the continent is not just necessarily a place where you can come and do perhaps charity projects, etc. This is a genuine innovation powerhouse. So I think that's the first step, which is just the perception and how VC fits into that. I think beyond that, if you then think about how a lot of these innovations, these big tech companies that have been backed by VCs that have now grown to a certain stage are now giving back to their own communities. And what do I mean by this, right? So if you look at Shola, who is the founder of Paystack, he has backed numerous other small tech companies, larger tech companies at an earlier stage, at a growth stage as an angel investor. So you're now seeing a new generation of these tech entrepreneurs that are African-born, African-focused, that have now built and scaled their companies to a certain size and now are giving back to the same community that fostered them. And this is a continuous perpetuating cycle that is a positive one. And I believe that venture capital is one of the cogs that enables this wheel to turn. And if this is truly a 
chance for the narrative to change of how Africans perceive themselves and how also those outside of the African continent perceive the African innovation ecosystem, this is the critical role that venture capital really plays and how investors play into that. So I don't know if that sort of answers the question well. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy, it does. Uh, does anybody else have anything to add before I ask my last question? Not to me. Yeah, I think summarized it all. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, thank you. Okay, well, my my last question is, uh, having worked in this sector and you've raised the issues that you've raised, uh, the challenges of uh, of investing in, um, in risky businesses, your ideal is to build the, the capacity of African VC to be able to, to run their own businesses, raise capital, and also, Cindy, you've talked about the positive stories. What are some of the things that you can celebrate this business about venture capital? Generally speaking, there's a lot of positive news that uh, sometimes people don't mention just as much as the negatives. Uh, sometimes in the media, it might look like all things are going badly, but there's a lot to actually celebrate that's very positive in VC. Number one, even just in the first few months of this year, we have had close to $2 billion being invested in African startups and African businesses. Some of this has been concentrated in particular countries with several large exits, but that is still a very positive sign. Even if a lot of money goes towards one company, it proves the model that a company can get that large. It can make money for the founders, for the employees, for the early investors, for example. Just earlier, we had InstaDeep, a Tunisian AI startup, be acquired by BioNTech for a deal close to $700 million in a mix of cash and stock for stock. At the same time, the amount of people that are actually working in the VC space and the number of VC funds that are actively either raising capital to invest in Africa or actively deploying capital in Africa has continued to grow. This is all signs of a healthy market. The number of funds that were active 10 years ago, it was less than 50 different funds focused across the entire continent. And now there are more than 200 different funds that are actively deploying capital. So the difference is pretty stark. I'd say finally, it's just that the numbers speak for themselves in terms of how much uh, we're actually seeing overall, both international and domestic investment go towards African-built, African-led startups. We see close to $6 billion every year now going towards projects on the continent. And when compared with just 10 years ago, it was closer to $200 million. So it's more than a 30 times increase. And it's actually the fastest growing venture capital market in the world. So even though it's still very, very early on, and it's still very challenging, and there are very many challenges and problems that need to be fixed, both on the investor side and the founder side, I think it's uh, very optimistic what we're seeing and what we're likely to see in the next 10 years. High growth potential of the African market as well. We are a very young uh, continent where markets are rapidly growing for startups, as um, as Mark, Mark mentioned uh, before. And um, also, uh, there are more and more people that are now investing into uh, uh, in, into VCs, angel, getting into VCs, angel uh, investing as myself because they, they want to diversify 
their wealth, they want to give back to their communities and etc. So I think this is a, a great time to get into VC and Madrid VC alumni and and uh, people should not be scared to educate themselves about about the the, the industry. And uh, the more the more we are uh, well equipped to um, well equipped to the right skill for that for that for that industry, better it is to to help develop the the industry and help people get the the right kind of funding. So it's a, it's a great time to get into into this area. Cindy, do you have anything else to add? It's a very very exciting time, despite the global sort of slowdown and funding in a lot of different ways. I think the most exciting and innovative things come from difficult times, and so definitely pay attention to those around you that are building during this difficult time and surviving those that are deploying capital during these risky times. It's similar to how people say that you really test a relationship you have with someone else, friends or romantic wise or family wise, if they stay by you during a challenging period of your life. I definitely think this is definitely true even at a macroeconomic level. And if you look beyond this, so yeah, definitely really exciting period of time to be in the venture capital space, especially the African venture space, startup founders and investors alike. What is your final advice for somebody who wants to venture in into this business? Uh, despite all the challenges we've had, all the good things that are happening in the continent, going forward now, what advice would you give to people who probably angel investors, other investors and other venture capitalists who have the means and the capacity, but do not want or are not very sure that investing in Africa is, is a good opportunity. What advice would you have for them? Don't think it's a glamorous industry. So if you want to get into VCs, angel invest, investing, uh, educate yourself, uh, equip yourself with the right skills and understand the market where you want to invest because yes africa is a is a is a big continent there's multiple africas there's multiple markets with their own specificities so uh, local knowledge is is also key uh, with uh, within that industries so that, that that will be that will be my advice invest in building your knowledge and invest in building your network. Those two things can go a really long way. The knowledge will help you understand what you are doing and the network will help you with everything else. Social capital and knowledge really are the biggest resources when it comes to investing. Well, uh, thank you so much, Cindy, Mark and Lionel for your uh, insights on uh, the venture capital industry and how it works. We have heard that is not a glamorous uh, industry but it has good returns, it has produced good returns, more people are investing and returns are being seen. So thank you for your time, thank you for coming in, thank you for joining us on this episode of Discovering Africa Through Technology. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation and gained valuable insights into the innovative solutions driving change in Africa, especially on the venture, capitalist, market and business. 
We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So please share your feedback and ideas with us on our social media handles and email. And remember to subscribe to our podcast to be notified of future episodes. Join us next time as we continue our journey of discovering Africa with Razia Mawanga. This podcast was developed with support by the African Union with the African Union Agenda 2063 Pitch Zone Awards, a partnership with the African Women in Media. Its contents are the sole responsibility of the author and do not necessarily reflect the views of African Women in Media and the African Union. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
Thank you very much Dr. Oladipo, Elijah, Paula Wole for your time and sharing your insights on your journey to create the COVID vaccine where you started with 235 competitors and only two African countries made it to the final vaccine candidate stage which was Nigeria and Egypt. Thank you also for sharing your insights on the capacity and willingness of African innovators and scientists to create solutions for African challenges like your COVID vaccine and also the issues you pose that the government needs to do more and the African Union needs to do more to create better policies and also invest in science and technology because this is the future of Africa if you want a strong African and from me to you thank you for tuning in until next time this is Razia Mwanga this podcast has been produced through the African Women in News Pitch Zone winners and funded by the African Union and the contents of this program are the sole responsibility of the producer and do not necessarily reflect the views of African Women in Media and the African Union until next time Thank you for tuning in. It's me Razia Mwanga. Thank you.